Hello, my name is Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and today I'm joined by Ian Lyle. Ian, how are we? I'm very well, mate. And we're also joined by Chris Loner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, not bad, thanks. So, Ian Rangers uh, beat St Johnson 3-0 last night and it was a fantastic performance yet again from Rangers. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, on the game? I watched it last night with my, my brother and my dad, so that's unusual, but it was, it was quite a pleasant game to watch. A lot of possession, a lot of shots. Uh, I took a particular interest in Kamara because he's been getting quite... He's been slaughtered on Rangers Twitter and I thought he was the second best player behind Barsic for me covered the ground didn't lose the ball everyone keeps saying he's making sideways passes you can probably count one hand how many sideways passes he made I think he's just been branded by Twitter as a water carrier but I think Jared's picking him I think he was a little bit more football than we do no yeah <laughs> absolutely mate um, yeah, you see so, uh, the, some of the criticism Kamara's been getting I've been found it, I found it quite baffling to be honest because, yeah, see the second half of last season, he was, like, a totally different player. It was, it was like, really hard to watch him. And you can tell his confidence was so low. But I think he's starting to gain his confidence yet again, mate. And I think he's been playing okay. Exactly, I thought. I did pay close attention to him against um, St Mirren. But I made an effort this game. And I saw there was Yanis uh, Hadji got a bit of a slaughter in for this game and last game. But I thought he looked absolutely fine. I think St Johnston were a bit... Uh, a bit um, guilty of the old uh, Jose Mourinho tactics of taking turns to kick him and stuff like that. A couple of really nice first time flicks at him. See, the thing about Hadji is he would never shy away from the ball. He will always show himself even if he's had a bad game of heavy touches. Same as Ryan Kent, which are two wonderful, attru- oh, wonderful attributes for two young men. Yeah, and speaking of Ryan Kent, mate, I thought he scored a great goal last night. Ah, uh, it's reminiscent of a goal I remember seeing in December last year. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> and obviously, Barisic was the one who uh, set him up. And and as you say, it was like, it reminded me quite a lot of that goal against Celtic, um, which was obviously a fantastic day. But yeah, speaking of Barisic, mate, oh, mate I'm so, I always say this to you, and I sound like a broken record when I do it, but I am so, so happy to be proved wrong about a footballer. Barisic has been phenomenal in the, in the past year or so. And obviously, man of the match last night, and see Barisic on a dead, uh, like, sorry, on a set-piece uh, position, mate, on a free kick, he is unbelievable. His left foot is, I'm going to say it now, he's got the best left foot in the country. Especially from a set piece. It's, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, he's, he's taken the free kicks off of Hadji and Tav, hasn't he? And Tav, not so much in the recent years, but historically has been, and Hadji's very well known in Europe as a sort of set piece taker. Mm-hmm. And, and even him off the free kicks, you can't argue. And I mean, honestly, I need to give you credit when it's true because you see, ever since we signed Barisic, you were always his biggest advocate and you would always defend him to the hill because you would always say, right, give him a, it's a new country, um, he's just like, just like, give him time, just give him time. And I have to admit, I wrote him off early on, so I did. I was like, right, I don't need this Barisic man. Like, I don't think he, at one point, I obviously definitely did say that I thought he. He never had the the mentality to play for such a big club, but I I still believe that Gerard. Obviously, we do criticise him for being too stubborn, but I still do believe right, um, that he said to Barisic right, you're getting hounded in the media, you're getting hounded off Rangers fans. I'm going to at least maybe give you the the, the first six months of the season. Go prove, uh, like your critics wrong, and he certainly has done that. Well, I remember back when it was a. 
a bounce game the Rangers team had, and a lot of the players got absolutely slaughtered by Gerard. And apparently, Barsis was one of the only players that came through the next day into the office and said, "Listen, I'm not being right. I'll fix it for you. I'm here to stay." And I think that's basically what's happened. He's just he's realised how physical the league is. You see, he's, he's built, he's buffed himself up. He's ah, he's really been to. I've I've been loving him since his, his first whip forward song. You know, I love a good cross. And it's not just blind, aimless crossing into the box. You see him looking up and he picks up the player, the two Ryan Ken crosses, like for the Parkhead one and for that one just there, is living proof that he's he's aiming for folk and his accuracy is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, yeah, very happy to see him doing uh, really well. And I was going to ask you, what did you make of uh, Aribo last night? I think he's another player who's really like settled into the club tremendously well. I Joe's really came back, back into it this year. He's been sort of pre-season, he's sort in first couple of games. He seems fast. He still got his ability just to run at a player and somehow get past him with his big long legs. He's not a bad tackle himself either. It seems he's definitely been allowed to come forward with less defensive uh, duties, which I think is also why Ryan Jack's not coming as far forward these days either. Which I'll I'll take it as a fair trade for me. No, I think it's been good, especially scoring from a header in a corner. That was a surprise. Yeah, exactly. And see when you look at stats, mate, seventy five percent possession. Like, see, but like obviously last season <clears throat> we would we would uh, play the possession game, but see this season the way we started off. I know it's the early days, but we have definitely improved in the possession game a hundred percent. Oh, it's uh, it's not just. That. I think we had the possession against the sort of more defensive teams in the league last season, but this the 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 benefit this season. As we seem to be taking advantage of it, I feel as if last we just played in front of defences and just waited and waited and waited and waited and luckily got a goal maybe. I feel as if even though we've got 75% of the ball, we're actually still passing forward, switching play, moving it fast, try to get in between the men and stuff like that. Fastly improved. Yeah, because... Yeah, like, that's a good point what you made there because see, last season, yeah, we, we would play the control possession game, but... Like we were playing right into the opposition's hands, where we were trying to wait for that opening, but it's it was very difficult against a team that would be playing ten men behind ten men behind the ball, and or see sometimes against the smaller teams. No disrespect, um, last season we, our tempo was so low and it was just it was so slow as well, and that's as I was saying that's what uh, the opposition wanted. But see now I think like, our tempo has been uh, it's much more higher. And we're playing much better stuff than we did last season. Aye, too often last season we'd win one now and we'd slow right down and just pass the ball in the back and then Goldson or someone would make a sloppy pass and then the other team would get one chance and they'd score. And I was thinking that if it's the game the first when the first goal went in, we weren't just sitting back or pushing for a second, pushing for a third. And if it seems as if the pass around the defence, although they're still doing it, which I'm not comfortable with, they're actually doing it quite comfortably. And this doesn't feel, you don't feel, you know, at the edge of your seat wondering, oh, here it comes, here comes the equaliser. Here's a question for you, mate. Do you think Gerard's style of play is very similar to Warburton's? Oh, that's a question. I've not even thought about that. I mean, the obvious comparison is the full free free possession game, isn't it? But I feel as if Gerard tends to favour the counter attack and he's not afraid to go direct. He seems to have a couple of plan B's, plan C's, isn't just keep passing that about. 
And even with the four three three comparison, I don't feel Gerard plays a true four three three. I think he plays a lot more flexible. Because watching the past two games, it's a front four hard, not a front three. So I, I can see it's a good comparison, but not accurate. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as well, I think Warburton had the right idea, right? But we didn't have the players to play that system. I think now we do, and we've got much better coaches um, than we did like compared to Warburton's uh, era of uh, when he was Rangers manager. I know, I agree. Well, Warburton's had interviews where he's actually said like they were told to aim for free transfers, bargain buys, and just basically buy 10 players and hope three or four of them would work. Whereas just been given money, like been spending not crazy money, but actual money deserving of a title challenging team. And like I said, I think it's just a gap in funds. I don't think Warburton's a bad manager, but I mean, by stretch of the word, I still think he's a very, very astute manager. But it's just difference in money. And obviously, players want to play for Gerard because he's a big name. And like I said, the Joey Barton interview is always a good head. A lot of person issue with Warburton not having a football in background. Whereas you can't deny it, Gerard's been one of the best in the game for the last. 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And see as well, like, see, just because you brought up Joey Barton. Joey Barton, in my opinion, is a good player, right? But see Robert's style of play, that does not suit him at all. So, like, I think he had issues with the style of play as well because he's like, this is not the way I play. And, like, I don't think he's suited to a 4 3 3 Joey Barton. I think he's suited to a 4 4 2 because that's the way Burnley played. And, and like, I don't know, it just did not suit a. Uh, uh, footballer like Joey Barton like that's how I play but here's another question I know we're kind of going off topic from St John's again right <laughs> see if Robert was given a Cassinia or Gerard budget do you think he would still be here? It's all just speculation and guesses of someone who's not qualified until someone can prove it it's, it's, quite, it's quite hard to speculate that in all honesty but if I had to, if I had to guess I would say Nah, I feel as if we wouldn't have won the league by then and because he's not a big enough name to get to justify a second, third, fourth chance he'd be gone, in my opinion. And I have to say, mate, Conor Goldson and Balogun, they're a fantastic partnership together. Uh, and see, Goldson, last season I was very critical towards him in the second half of the campaign. And obviously made that howler against Hamilton, which was shocking, right? But he just seems much more like settled and composed playing alongside Balogun. I know it's still early days, but the signs are very promising. It also helps that Barrigan's got a bit of pace around him, even for quite an old defender. Well, I think he's is he thirty-two. If I just made that. Up. Um, he seems quite. Yeah, I think I think he might be. Yeah, I think he might be twenty-seven. I'm I'm not sure. Actually, I'll need to look it up. I just made a number up. Anyway, he seems to have a bit of pace about him. He's played in the Bundesliga. He's played in England. It was, a, it was a big sign when he went to Brighton, like he was meant to be slotting straight in, but it just never worked out for him. He seems quite established. I'm, I'm hoping he's okay actually because he came off, but it was a half time yesterday. But, um, well, the question for you, Scott, what did you think of Kamar Roof and Itton's, um, not debuts, but they sort of got a longer appearance, especially Roof getting his first appearance? Um, I thought they looked, I, like, I, I, I'm not just saying this right, but I was impressed from what I've seen. They looked very composing the ball um, they see, like, like, see some of the link-up play as well from Roof I was very impressed with that and I've got I've got really high hopes for the pair of them and see if Morelos was to go which is very likely I think I think we're, we're, we're going to be okay in the 
the, the striking department, definitely. What about you? Uh, I, I think basically the same. I felt as if he didn't waste time taking extra touches. And almost when he first came on, he was just one touching the ball to someone else just so he can get into a better position. I feel as if he was just, just trying to get in the box, trying to get a chance. He wasn't wasting time. But also thought he got a quite nasty introduction to the Scottish League. Oh, I know. Gordon. Absolute shocker of a tackle. Yeah, that was, that was disgusting. Coming on. He must have saw Kamar coming on with his tiny socks and probably in the shin pads and thought, perfect, that's a target on you. Yeah, I think, I think uh, he'll know right away. Um, even before... Uh, he made his debut. I think he would have been well informed about how physical the Scottish game is, and I spe- like it's even uh, the the old fun play against like no disrespect to St Johnson like teams like St Johnson like smaller teams like that, like like they're in for a shock in the sense of they're in for a rude awakening because they're so physical and some of the challenges you see in the game are ridiculous. They really are, and I uh, see the referees at times, mate. They're far too soft, far too soft up here. I think it's just desperate to cling on to the whole man's game thing rather than actually taking players' safety and careers into account. Not realising that tackles like not I wasn't saying that tackles are career end, the bad potential to be, like, like all bad tackles are. I just thought uh, typical Rangers make a, a big signing and allegedly the Morelos replacement and straight away gets a right hard one. The same as I said about Yanis Haji, he's just he's been a sort of bought as a Tarzman this year. It's straight away. Every player having a wee tackle going through it as they can. I feel as if Rangers almost lack a sort of as soon as in the field, it will just when when one of their players has a go at Arthur Talisman, you can just give them one back. But you probably get sent off if you're Rangers doing that. Yeah, I think like, that's a good uh, point. Now, like I think we are. Uh, I'm happy with our midfield, right? I may be able to like one more midfielder in, but I say I like that's a good point because we're missing like that Barry Ferguson type in the midfield as well, aren't we? And oh, I like the comparison the you just gave uh, about Sunnis. Aye. Missing the big bad bastard leader who just isn't afraid. But really, at big teams, you can't have that because it's too easy to send them off. So, uh, Chris, I was going to ask you, uh, did you expect a lot more out of St. Johnson? What was that, sorry? Uh, did you expect a lot more out of uh, St. Johnson? Considering the fact they got a, a point in their last game against uh, Dundee United. So... I, like me and Graham spoke about it last week, uh, and obviously you were on as well. Where we're saying like, who knows? St Johnson might get a confidence boost from getting a point at Tannadice, considering the fact they had ten men. But did you expect a lot more? Um, realistically, I didn't expect them to get anything, but um, I haven't seen any of the game back or anything, so I can't comment on their performance. But um, I would have expected them to put up a bit more of a fight. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, right, I'm not just saying this as well, but Ian, I, I think we were just too good for St. Johnson on the day. Like, it wasn't like they were, oh, they were really, really poor. We were just much better and we're a much better team. I think, simple as. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say St. Johnson players made any, like, mistakes or they were, like, they played particularly bad and there was no howlers or anything like that. I feel as if we were just patient and just, just you know, bigger budget, more more composed. I mean, I actually personally think we just had we just had another one or two gears they could go up if they need, need be. Yeah, because we didn't even have to go out the first gear, mate. Uh, but and see, yeah. if, even if we did, I think it could have been a right tanking. I really do. Well, it's good to see with, with obviously the Celtic game being postponed and such. 
that we haven't straight away slipped up at the first hurdle, which, let's be honest, we probably have done, maybe not last year, but definitely the year before. <laughs> yeah, see, psychologically, that's that's going to be crucial for us. Um, and we have the potential to go eight points clear of Celtic, and they'll have, uh, I think, a couple games in hand. So that, that'll be massive, mate. I think before Celtic next play, if we win all our games, it's 11 points, I'm almost sure. I had a few folks say it, so it could be absolute nonsense, but I've had a lot of folk. I think it the, the third uh, round of games we played before them as well. Oh, and also, see, just going uh, back to Balogun there, he's actually 32, mate, you got that right. Is it 32 you said? I'm good with numbers, it's, it's these things stick in my head somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just want to say one last thing on the St Johnson game, mate, right? See, Ryan Jack, right, you know what Rangers Twitter's like? They're very critical and overly critical over their smallest things, right? I've seen a few Rangers fans criticising my boy Ryan Jack and I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not having it, mate. I think Ryan Jack's been completely fine uh, since uh, the season started, but I've seen a few Rangers fans saying, oh, I'm not happy with Ryan Jack's performance. He doesn't look like the same player uh, ever since uh, the cup final loss and I think that is absolute garbage. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolute toxic um, analysis. It's miles off. I think if you see if Rangers Twitter could pick their own team, they'd be ten strikers, and then the goalie would be a midfielder. Like they, they would expect far too much. They think, like we said, Joe Arabo's been or Arabo's been uh, to be pushed further forward. You need to have more defensive coverage. You can't have two fullbacks forward, your third centre mid forward, and this be all. Barrigan plays in the midfield, like the set the set a circle. You can't have all that and have no defensive midfielders. No, exactly, yeah. Because, it, like, that's the thing, though, like, see, uh, Rangers fans, they can be, like, overly negative. Like, we spoke about it the other day, mate, and you were in a pub. Um, so, like, you see, for example, when you go to the pub and just say Ryan Jack misplaced their pass, oh, it's absolute carnage, you're going nuts. And I'm like, calm down, it's like two minutes in, you just misplaced one pass. <laughs> that's like, calm down, relax. And I think you'll be happy the fact that, um, like, obviously in your pub, um, there's, like, if Rangers score... Uh, they can't celebrate it's just like a wee yes and it, they can't shout or anything so if Ryan Jack or a Rangers player misplaced that pass the first two minutes you don't need to hear that utter nonsense well there was folks saying that Yaz Hadji should have been uh, taken off at half time in the pub yesterday for the for St Johnson and I thought you're talking absolute mince he's been getting kicked up and down the pitch and he's had a few heavy touches can't just make a sub at half time for no reason yeah, I think you just need to bite your, t- uh, bite your uh, tongue at times, mate, <laughs> which is difficult. <laughs> and so we'll, uh, so we'll move on from the Rangers and Johnson game and we'll talk about Rangers versus St Mirren. Unfortunately, uh, guys, we've got no Graham McCormick this week. Um, he's absolutely shat it and he won't be on because he just can't handle the slagging. He's a, he's a very slow loser. <laughs> Aye, so- sorry, Chris, for another Rangers topic here. We'll give you three. Drenning you out for the next half an hour. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry about this, Chris. Uh, don't worry, we'll give Celtic uh, a lengthy uh, segment. And of course, we would love to do that due to the fact that Celtic did drop points. But we'll come on that soon. And I'm sure, Chris, you have a lot to say about that. But, um, Ian, uh, like another great performance. Um, played really well against St. Mirren. Utterly dominated them. 28 shots we had. 74% possession just shows you the possession game for Rangers right now is working fantastically well and Alfredo Morelos had an absolute blinder uh, it's like Steve Morelos against Leverkusen to Morelos against St Mirren 
night and day, two totally different players, and it was fantastic to see. Oh, 100%. I would like to add, the Celtic probably went probably a bit longer if they didn't get himself postponed, but that's not our fault. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, Morelos looked good, you know, assist and two goals, which, I mean, I'd be claiming the goal, but aye, it's a home goal. Especially after being called out by Gerard, says his head turned, it's the perfect reply. Like you said, 24% possession, 28 shots, 12 on target. It's just, again, I think Rangers had more gears to go through. And mm-hmm. even even with them not being in the top, top tier, Jack Anik made, I think, 10 total saves, and some of them were really good saves. It could have been ticket score. And see, before, just we mentioned on uh, Jack Anik, you see, like, he's actually a decent keeper, and you see the game that Celtic beat us 5 0 in, uh, Marty's last game. He actually kept it at 5 0, and it's so pain. It's so painful to say that, but like that could have been a cricket score that day if it wasn't for him being in really good form. Even though it's like, weird saying that, mate, because of the fact that he conceded five goals, but he made some really good saves in that game. And he made some good saves, obviously, against us at the weekend. Uh, it's weird to be saying keepers the best player in the park when you get pumped in that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 100%. So. Yeah, Alfredo Morelos, it was, I was so happy to see him play really well, get man a match, get a couple goals as well. And it, it just shows you he has the right attitude, mate. He has the right fucking attitude. Uh, because, see, uh, um, when Gerard came out and re- and slaughtered him in the press saying his head's turned, he could have went two ways with that. He could have went one, Richard, the correct way, which was, right, I'm going to prove Gerard wrong and I'm going to just still work 110% while I'm here. Or two, he could have took the half and be like, no, I'm not playing for Rangers again. Well, the thing is, the, the deal for Leo had, hadn't went through by that point and it still hasn't went through to my knowledge. So the last thing Leo would want to spend big money on is a player goes in a wee half because a manager called him a name. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and see, Morelos, when he got subbed off, do you think he was just subbed off? No, sorry, he was annoyed he got subbed off because he was just unhappy with his performance and he probably wanted to stay out there longer to try and rectify that. Oh, no, Morelos, if you could sub him off mid-season last season when we were on top, he still has the same reaction. He, just, he doesn't want to be subbed off. He wants to play in every game which is going goals and his tally. I don't think him being subbed off and him being a bit grumpy about it says anything. I think that's just people reading into it much they can try to get headlines yeah it's a great attitude to have mate because you want winners in the, uh, in the team you don't want you never ever want to see a player being happy about getting subbed off ever <laughs> no exactly the, the classic mystic in the old firm off of my back get me off <laughs> oh yeah I just a wee like see because uh, uh, you brought that up um, Ian I want to ask Chris this um, see when mystic got uh, subbed off uh, in the old firm game I think it was uh, the 1-0 uh, but Ryan Jack scored what did you think of that do you think he like feigned an injury because he was like Ryan Kent's tearing me apart here literally uh, I've honestly blanked that game now already so <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you mate I don't blame you but yeah um, see Lustig were you happy to see him go see, I was, if I'm being honest I was never a fan of him like I never really rated him whatsoever he always would step up and he was all about the badge, I thought, so I was disappointed to see him go in that sense. Mm. Um, so just uh, back on uh, the Rangers game, uh, Ian, um, John McLaughlin, uh, two games, two clean sheets, and he made some decent saves as well when uh, he actually, 
had shots going his way. Um, but what do you make of McLaughlin so far? Um, I know it's uh, early days, but I, I, we all know he's a very good and uh, capable keeper. I'm pretty comfortable being second choice. I think he's actually has a potential for him to be taking the gloves off big leagues. Eh? The way he's playing, like he's not had to do too much, but that's the test for a big club: is can you keep focused for the full game and make the two or three saves you're required to make? Um, like in the St Johnston game, there was a couple. I think it was two or three saves you really had to make, and they weren't but like easy saves. They weren't well class, but they, weren't needed, they needed to be saved. Yeah, if you actually watched um, RTV for the coverage yesterday, even Gracie said like. You saw him at Hull, you've seen him in the Scotland setup. He's a he's a good, good goalkeeper. Is that obviously because he's quite smuggy thinks alright, the gloves are mine, no doesn't make a difference, but nah. I say he basically got injured the day before the next old firm and John McLaughlin had to step in, I wouldn't even be worried at all about it. Do you think he's better than Wes? See that's difficult because Wes hasn't played in a while. And all I have is the old scar memories of him. Missing forty yards and stuff like that. I do think Wedge was a very, very, very good goalkeeper that wasn't given a right, a proper chance. Then you wouldn't give McLaughlin a chance unless because he was injured. Do you know what I mean? So it's only chances come when they come. I'm going to go on a limb and say he is better. Yeah, he's more established. He's international. Yeah. And see Wes. Um, I like I, I liked uh, Wes too, and I thought he was a good goalkeeper, but. When you're getting the option to sign Al McGregor, you cannot turn that down, mate. You need to go for it. And, um, yeah, and see Wes, uh, fair play. I mean, I know it, it, he could have easily went, but he stuck around for two seasons to try and fight for the jersey. And, like, that's the thing. Man, do you remember that old firm game where we beat Celtic 2 0? And McGregor <laughs> kicked McNulty in the back. And then, oh, it's funny looking back at it now, but chaos at the time. But, yeah, then Wes was stepping in for that old firm game. And there were Rangers fans right. on Twitter that were fuming about it. Oh no, we can't like we need to start Wes. We we could potentially lose this game. I was like, no, trust me, Wes is a solid keeper. we I think we'll be in a we're in a safe pair of hands with Wes. Just as long as uh, Tom Rogic does not get a a shot from about twenty yards out, we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's just Rangers Twitter. Just they just see that he's on the bench and think, oh, he's he's playing every week. He's doing the first choice keeper. He must be crap then. Not realising that you can have a deputy keeper that's just as good. Rangers Twitter's toxic. Well, I mean, City Twitter's toxic as well. It's just one of those things when you're a big club for a lot of demands. Everyone just demands perfection at all times, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I was, I'll come to you uh, with this one, Chris. Uh, see, after last week, um, Ian, <laughs> I know you missed it, right? But Graham was feeling, he was feeling confident about potentially getting a point. I think. What did he not say it was going to be a draw last week, Chris? That was, I think it was. I think it's a very, very optimistic prediction. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, I was just like, oh, bless your heart, mate. Like, you can just tell he's so enthusiastic. Like, yeah, we can do this. And then <laughs> we obviously win 3 0. And uh, I was like, I'm noising Graham up on the old Twitter. Um, he didn't reply to the tweet, obviously. Um, so he was very. Very angry. Um, but yeah, Graham is not happy with that St Mirren performance, Chris, at all. He was fuming. He said he was saving. Um, do you think he's going a bit overboard? Um, maybe a bit overboard. Um, yeah, o- overboard is such... Um... Sorry. <laughs> Oh, no, no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a bit... Got hit, like, his reaction's a bit... I can understand he's unhappy about his team... Losing, but right, you're up against a top 
top Rangers side here. And I, like, I thought we set up accordingly and we set up the way I wanted us to, which was fast tempo, um, look for that right opportunity to, to, to get a chance. And St Mirren could not cope with our style of play. And I know I keep raving about our style of play on this pod, but I'm loving it right now. It's such a, a joy to watch Rangers currently. I, I think Graham was really bit upset at the fact that it was how easy it was. Like, without being disrespectful, it, it did seem as if it was almost like a canter. And like you say, without the, big, without the keeper making all these saves, it would have been even worse at a canter. So I can see why he's upset, because obviously he's a big Samaritan fan. You don't want to see your club, your team, play so poorly. Because they, they, aren't, they aren't pushovers, you know what I mean? They're not a bad team. Especially that big striker up front. Like, they're all decent and, you know, wonderful goalie. So, but I know I get what you mean. So uh, moving on, we're going to speak about Kilmarnock versus Celtic. Kilmarnock drew one each with Celtic at Rugby Park. Chris, I was not going to lie, I was surprised that how poor Celtic were on the day. What's your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I was disappointed too from the Hamilton game. There was only one change, that being Barkas and goal for Scott Bain. And I thought looking at that team sheet, that looks like our strongest 11. Um, so, yeah, disappointing stuff. Um Open scoring, and that looked like it was going to be a long afternoon for Kelly, um, Gary Dicker, Fowling, Edward, um, Ryan Christie with a long, powerful free kick that went past Danny Rogers, completely caught off guard. I have um, to say, mate, um, so, sorry to interrupt, but I have to say, I really thought Danny Rogers should have done better with that, man. Like, that goal should have never went in. Yeah, I just think he got caught a bit off guard, um, all the power behind it, uh, but yeah, keepers have to do far better covering three kicks from that kind of range. Um, then later on, um, Kabamba for Kilmarnock, uh, man of the match easily. Um, by this point, he had an early break on the counter and he'd got a header over the bar. Um, he got the better of Christopher Julian in the penalty area and all Julian had to do was not foul him, but he did and can't deny that that was a penalty. No, 100%, yeah. I think Julian should have done better with that. Like, Honestly, you just, I've been honest, I don't even think this is uh, excessive me saying this, but he got he, like, absolutely ragdolled by him. Like, like, no, I mean, like, Julian, Julian got ragged all by him in the sense of, like, he was absolutely skinning him. So he was. Yeah, Kabamba. Completely skinning him, as you said. And um, all he had, as I say, all he had to do was not foul him. But I think he just, frustration got the better of him that that was why he fouled him in the end. Um, and then, so then, soon penalty. Well, I should, should mention uh, the ball. Uh, it looked like it may have gone out and played in the build-up, so... Eventually, Kelly got away with it, but hey ho, that's life. Um, big moment. It was. I was like, this is Barkas's big moment, or five and a half million pound signing. This his first act as Celtic keeper. Keep this penalty from going in. But even though he went the right way, Chris Burke's penalty. That was his second goal in two games after his wonder free kick against Hibs. Yeah, and I have to say on Chris Burke, Ian and I were talking about it the other night. Chris Burke gets better with age. He really does, mate. Like, Chris, like see Chris Burke. Um, like, I think he he's better now than he was ten years ago. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Like, where was this Chris Burke at Rangers, man? <laughs> yeah, 
anyway, moving on in the game, um, Kabamba then would get the better of Julian again later on in the half, this time in the middle of the park. Um, Julian was able to redeem himself somewhat by blocking the shot in the box. Um, for me, what Julian doesn't seem to do well. Like, he's a big guy in that, um, but if he's like comes up against another physically imposing like attacker or whatever, um, he doesn't seem to do so well against them. Mm-hmm. And oh no, like another thing I've noticed about Julian is he does tend to struggle playing on plastic pitches because remember he, he struggled against Livy last season. And I remember he came out after the game and he was like, oh, I apologise, uh, the players were nervous. And I was like, why is a Celtic player saying that they're nervous to play against Livy? But yeah, I think he does tend to struggle in plastic pitches. Yeah. Moving on to the second half, um, Edward didn't have a touch inside the box until the 51st minute. Um, you can't, I don't think we, we can win games like that. Um Kelly would threaten on the break twice and they just looked really organised and solid defensively. Um, we couldn't get anything going through the middle of the park. Um, that, they completely shut us down that and it was even Kabamba who I mentioned that was dropping back to defend even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see what you just said about Edward there. Um, I was... Like really surprised, really surprised at how poor he was in the day. Like I, like I, I really do rate Edward. Yeah, I think he's a top top player. But nothing, nothing went right for Edward uh, against Kamara on Sunday. Like nothing whatsoever. And see the fact that he's only had two shots on target was not good. It's not good reading. If I'm being honest, mate. Um, yeah. Like I just like uh, I want to ask you this: Who, what player? really let you down on Sunday who were you really disappointed with specifically in the Celtic team um, quite a few but uh, El Yunusi, um Celtic fans have been raving about his signing again and that even though he had a bit of a drop off after he came back from his injury last season but he looked non-existent on Sunday if I'm being perfectly honest um, is there any areas that you just need to really strengthen in do you think like like who what more like is there any other signs or like any position positions that need improvement in that you would like to see? Left back now. Left back, yeah, hundred percent. I was literally about to say that. Hundred percent, man. We'll come to that in the next segment, but um, I think we definitely do have another centre back. Obviously, we've been like with Shane Duffy of Brighton, so I think that would be a really good signing if we could pull that one off. Yeah, and on Kamarnock though, I was I have to say I was really impressed with with how well organised they were, uh, and I think Dyer will do a solid job there. Not quite Steve Clark levels, but he will do a solid job, and that was that was a massive point uh, for Kamarnock. Oh, that's that's a cracking job. Yeah, I think he's done a really good job. Um, Blocking seven of think seven of Celtic's seventeen shots. Like the only thing Celtic managed to get two shots on target overall, which is what yeah. Wednesday had to make. Mm-hmm. I think it's a few on keeper. Yeah, two on target, and um, it was supposed to fifteen on target the week before against Hamilton. A significant drop off, and another thing I thought was we were making a lot of shots from outside the box. It seemed we were just desperate and hoping for the best that one of them would go in. Yeah, see at times, uh, Chris, I thought Celtic was just like. 
they were just hit, they were hitting the ball and hoping it would go in. They were just like, right, it's not going well for us today, so let's just keep shooting from long range and hopefully we might get a bit, we might get a bit of luck. Um, and obviously that was not to be for Celtic. Um, do, like I know it's obviously it's the season has just started, but. Oh, you're not concerned at all, are you? I know it's like, come on, it's a tough place to go, but as we're talking about Rangers Twitter earlier, I've seen uh, Celtic Twitter, uh, I've seen a good few tweets where Celtic fans were absolutely seething at the performance, and they, they seem, some of them seem concerned, and I'm like, okay, right, calm down, It's just, the season has just started. Yeah, the Celtic were poor on the day, but I think people are just shit like showing some real knee-jerk uh, reactions. Yeah, definitely. Nope, nope pressing alarm bell or anything yet obviously the time our next game comes round there could be like we'd still have what three games in hand and could be 11 points behind obviously there could be a bit of psychological impact on the players that could come into play but until we start dropping more points and games that we should be winning or get something out of at least if we were to lose games then I'm not going to worry too much until if that came around um, see Edward I've seen that he's been linked with some clubs right but I don't think it, it's anything concrete right do you think if a big uh, money offer comes in and Celtic reject it do you think I know we've heard a lot of people say oh Morelos' head's turned etc right and I think he proved those critics wrong uh, on Sunday having a by, by having a great game but do you think Edward would be that type of guy that if a big money comes in big money offer comes in his head could get turned definitely um, seeing as uh, he's a player so talented in that I think um, and destined to move on to big, bigger and better things better say it um, then very well yes he could be Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, James Forrest, I thought, really didn't have a good game whatsoever. No, I didn't rate Forrest's performance at all. What about Brown in the midfield? I thought, I, I, I see the midfield, mate. I thought in the midfield, like, there was no urgency in that midfield, or just even from the Celtic team. It was like, like Brown and McGregor were like kind of going through the motions at times, I thought. Yeah, and then, but we. Should have, if we wanted to change the game up a bit, I thought we should have subbed Chamel in a lot earlier than the 8th minute. Um, I kind of feel as though that some people rate Chamel can be the best player in the team on his day. Um, but it seems to me that Brown and McGregor, that tandem, it seems like undroppable of sorts to some. And see what you mentioned about in Cham there? I think he has got some talent, right? And I think he is uh, a pretty good player, but I, I don't think I see it enough. I don't see he's not consistent enough uh, at Celtic. I don't know what it is, but he's just not consistent enough. And yeah, on his day, he can like play really, really well, and he can you know like his passing, his vision would be second to none. It'd be great, but he's just not consistent enough, and he needs to start showing that at Celtic. Could be a bit that he's not getting his chance to show any consistency. Um, but yeah, I feel it's definitely more flashes than consistency at the moment. And I know Scott Brown is obviously as the Celtic captain, right? But 
that, this thing annoys me right, in football where just because of the captain doesn't mean they actually need to start every single game. It, I don't know. It's it's it, it, like obviously I like some old school traits uh, in the modern game, but I think this is one of the old school traits in that needs to get binned. That just because you're the captain does not mean you need to start every game. Ian. No, I know. Is Ian still there? Uh, no, but I, Chris, uh, you take this one. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Bit of confusion there. Ian, so did you hear what I said there? I wasn't Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think that's one of the, one of the old school traits that needs to get binned out the game? Well, I mean, you've, you see it at player clubs. Like, I remember Manu, uh, Michael Gallagher, he was the captain like the main captain but he, he barely played at one point he was the main captain and Darren Fetcher was vice captain and neither of them played it's all those things that club captain shouldn't guarantee you a starting position I get it, it it's more of a sort of position of influence in the changing room I don't think it has to carry forward onto you playing in the pitch uh, I agree I don't think maybe that then Cham should be able to, to prove himself can can you replace Brown or if you want them to sell him here's five games to get a price up put yourself in the window yeah and uh, Chris I was uh, going to ask you this right do you do you what do you make of Brown do you still rate him or do you think he's past his best I think that um, his best days are behind him he can still contribute and he's a proven leader um, but uh, yeah he's definitely not the player he once was um, see if I'm being honest right uh, See Brown, I will give him credit where it's true. I think he is a great captain, he is a great leader, right? But mate, I think he's Celtic's weak link. I really do. Um see as a footballer, I've never rated him, right? But he has some really strong leadership leadership qualities. But as I know as Ian says, give and Cham a chance, right? Why not? Like and I just think I don't know, like see if Celtic are wanting to up the tempo, right? Play that high tempo, quick passing, right? See when Brown gets it, it's sideways, backwards. I think he just kills Celtic's momentum and uh, their tempo quite a lot. What do you think? Yeah, no, you mentioned that. I have to agree. I've seen that many a time. I think we should be a bit more faster paced and more aggressive style of play. Yeah, and there was this stat in the Champions League from years ago. Ian, you'll remember this, right? Um, It was a stat. Uh, Yeah, Scott Brown's passing percentage... uh, is it like ninety five percent, and then you're like, right, okay, look at a heat, look at uh the heat map, right? Where are the where are these passes going? And you actually look at it backwards, sideways, backwards. Two passes that go uh, forward in the whole game, and you're like, like people, like that's what I mean. Like stats can be deceiving, and that is a stat that is clearly deceiving when you really look at it. I should have used that last week actually when people were slagging Kamara for doing backwards passes just a die but the success rate's really good yeah <laughs> it's, uh, no, it annoys me it really does man but is there anything else you want to add on uh, Celtic's performance Chris? Um, no not really covered all I had to off my chest about it mm-hmm. so well let's talk about the big news boys um, we're staying the topic of Celtic Bull and Goalie decided uh, that it would be a smart move for him to go to Spain um, and come back and not tell anybody and not self-isolate. Uh, Ian, I'll come to you with this one. Honestly, how stupid is Bolongoli doing that? Well, I think it's a bit of a 
I don't understand how no one at the club and no one, none of his teammates knew about it. I think it's just one of those things that, oh, you, you've been naughty because you've been caught sort of thing. Because they, they surely knew. It's also a bit suspicious how if he'd been there any longer, it would affect the Champions League qualifiers. I think it's a bit... But at the same time, this whole... There's a, whole, a big precedent, not precedent, there's a big push from Rangers fans especially saying, duck the points. Because they've done that in a couple of countries, but I have to admit myself, I can't agree with that. I think you need to set a precedent first. You have to... You can't just, after it's happened, be like, OK, points deduction, you need to have said, all right, if this happens in the future, we'll deduct points. So if I said they've got, said they've got away with one, because I think in the future they'll say, if this happens again with any other club, there'll be deductions or there'll be an in-place punishment from this situation, if you know what I mean. No, I agree. Um, I think, uh, like, deducting points is a bit excessive. Um, yeah, give them, uh, like, punish Celtic, punish Celtic and Aberdeen accordingly, right? But not by deducting points. I'm not in favour of that at all. But, Chris, how human were you when you seen the news that Ball and Goalie decided, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go to Spain and not tell anybody? And he potentially put uh, the Celtic players at risk for doing that. Not potential, actually. Yeah, he put them at risk by... Been yeah. a, such a absolute, it's been such an absolute idiot. Yeah, I, I was raging. It's an absolute disgrace. Um, potentially jeopardising our full season when it's such a big season for us. Um, I think I don't see why he hasn't been sacked for it. I feel like that's the only option. I know for a fact that if it was in my job, if I'd done something like that, then I would be sacked for it. And um, the f- punishment that he got from the law, the police, um, the £480 fine, that's simply water off a duck's back to him. Um, and plan is to loan him out. Um, that doesn't feel like punishment enough, um, severe, severely enough. Um, it was almost loaned out to Middlesbrough, who did try to buy him when we when we signed him. Uh, Neil Warnock's now came out and says that he doesn't think we'll want him now. I was reading before we come on the pod that... Uh, Amiens in France have offered have offered to put a loan offer in on him for the season with an option to buy him for two point three million pounds at the end of the season. That's literally taking the phrase get to France to a whole new level. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that one. Um, but yeah, Ian, what do you think? Ball and goalie, do you think he should be sacked? I mean, I think you have to. It's it's one of those things. You broke they broke the law and like Chris says, but the the police fine. The average person is it's big enough, but to someone who's playing football in he was bought for what, three million? So I can't see he's on a tiny little wage, he'll be on decent money, that'll just be he'll laugh at that fine. It's quite difficult because no one put in in place, the SPFL board didn't put in place what happens if this happens, which doesn't make sense because it's one of those risks that of course it might happen. People do mingle these are human beings. Like, I would have been surprised if the season went full to completion and not one case of this had happened. I don't know why there's nothing in place for it. I don't also don't know why any team would want to take him on loan after him doing that. Cause it's just it's violated your trust in a player, which is one of the main reasons. I suppose if you loan them, the trust is a big thing. But I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me. But then I'm sure you're going to mention the comparative situation with a different player Celtic yeah yeah I think yeah, the listeners know that I'm no fan of this individual whatsoever right and I'm I can, I can imagine the listeners would have been looking forward to Scott Bradley's reaction to another Celtic player 
who I'm going to say is a complete idiot, right? And he, he will never learn. He'll never, ever learn, right? He is a good player. I will give him that. But he's got the mentality of a 14-year-old, right? And we say it all the time. We've said it so many times, in He's nothing but a PR disaster for Celtic, right? And that is Lee Griffiths. So Lee Griffiths thought it was going to be... Yeah, he thought it was a smart thing, right? For him to uh, throw a party for his girlfriend and uh, do, and have a social gathering uh, in his house. How stupid can he be? Like, he also broke the rules. And Chris, your reaction was uh, something else on the Scott Scott chat where you were like, no, nah, get him to fuck now. Nah, he's done. Like, how many more chances do we need to give Lee Griffiths before he might actually wake up and learn? Like, like yeah, the guy's I, an embarrassment. Yeah, I really thought that this could have been the straw that broke the camel's back given his recent track record. Um, with regards to what the situation they done, I actually know people that were sacked for something a little bit similar during the height of lockdown. Um Obviously, I think the bully situation, I think that it can't be understated that um, that's a far more serious violation, but I don't think the severity of Lee Griffiths' situation should be downplayed. I know, I was, I wasn't even surprised when I seen it, mate, and, like, see, like, I think the majority of sensible Celtic fans want Griffiths gone, and he's, last I know, he's putting Celtic players at risk, and, the season could potentially come to a halt. And you see what Nicholas Sturgeon said, where it was like, this is a yellow card, and the next one will be a red, and we all know what uh, that will mean, that the season will get cancelled. So players need to be very, very careful. But I was baffled, mate, when Celtic released a statement, quite really so, though, criticising ball and goalie, right? But not a mention of what Lee Griffiths done at the weekend, having a gaff. Like, there was no mention of it. Celtic, I think, gave him a wee slap in the wrist and said, oh... Uh, we've given him a warning I'm like no that's not good enough like he has yeah, ripped cool. the piss out of Celtic for years and years and I, I just don't get it like it's yeah what Ball and Goal had done was a bit worse right but Griffiths also broke the rules too so Celtic should have condemned him and they were right to condemn uh, Ball and Goalies but you need to like it's double standard man it really is I, that did not sit well with me at all yeah I think there was just like for Griffiths, I think, in articles about the the situation, I think there was just like one word, three sentence, mere responses in the articles about it, like saying we're disciplining him, speaking to him, whatever. That was all he got as opposed to a full blown statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ian, what's your thoughts on uh, Lee Griffiths, the same as mine? I've, I've noticed you've been uh, editing your words to be a lot more polite than you, you said in the chat, actually. <laughs> I think I'm better doing, doing the same since try to be non biased, eh? <laughs> I know, that's the thing, though. Like, I'm, like, I'm like bad cop, you're like good cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a terrible good cop, then. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I have any words for him. It's just he does something again and again. He's unprofessional to the absolute max. He's a pure disaster, but I think the only club that he can go under the under the radar is Celtic because they're a PR machine. Like, can't deny that ourselves. Celtic are fantastic at PR. And that's the only reason he has he survived there is because it can be swept away. It's just, it's irresponsible. And I know many folks, tons of folks will say, oh, tons of people have been at gaffes this weekend, last weekend, weekend before. It's it's the classic public eye, isn't it? It's, I know f- f- footballers don't have an easy life with regards to this public life, this public eye thing. 
can't really live their lives, but usually you get one or two chances and you get caught and you sort of stop it, but he's been caught time and time again doing this stuff, singing bigoted stuff, singing racist, uh, racist stuff. Yeah, he's a convicted racist, yeah. That... I, don't, I don't know how he can... Like, when he goes into Lennon's office, I don't know what he says, that Lennon goes, all right, fair enough. I don't know. Yeah, and Chris, do you think it's it's almost like Lee Griffiths is trying to work his stick out the club? That's what it seems like as well. Like, he, honestly, he can't be that stupid. Like, he turned up the pre-season unfit, right? Overweight, according to Lennon. And Lennon slaughtered him in the press, right? You'd think, okay, right, I need to get Matt together here now. And, no, he just, as I was saying, he, he never learns, mate. He never learns. But do you think he will be at Celtic come the end of the window? Potentially not, no, not now, especially with the Albina Jetty signing today. Are you happy with that? Yeah, pretty happy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just one last thing on this, mate, then we'll uh, preview the weekend's fixtures. <laughs> like, that, this is, is like, just talking about the COVID thing, right? Every player in the country needs to be on their best behaviour because they'll be getting watched like a hawk, right? And Ian. Like see, like, see the player that fucks this up and gets the season cancelled, they're going to be public enemy number one, mate. They would need to... I think they would need to leave Scottish football. I really do. The backlash would be unbelievable. Well, I mean, I don't know if I, if I agree entirely. I think if the person gets it cancelled before Celtic's next game, I'd actually thank them, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's... No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because I don't like that's a thing. No, there's there's no way they can sit and they can they can continue playing their game, uh, in Scottish football. It's just simple as it. They really can't, you know. So, I want every player in the country to be on their best behaviour. I really do because, it like um, we're just we're, we're just got football back. We're so grateful to get it back. Twenty twenty's been tough. We missed our football, and players are already acting like complete idiots and dicking about and going to pubs and having gaffes and going to Spain. It's like, come on to fuck, man. Honestly. <laughs> oh, man. So, I Let's say uh, preview the weekend's fixtures. So, obviously, Celtic and Aberdeen were meant to be playing, but it's postponed. Uh, Hamilton versus St Mirren. Oh, uh, Ian, I'll come to you with that one. Hamilton St Mirren, I think it'll be a 2-1 St Mirren win. I think... Hamilton always teams that I, I don't care if they've got the best team in Scotland. I want them to lose every game. Um, Chris? I'll take a 1-1 here. I'm going to go for a... Um, I'm going to go for a 1-each too, actually. I'm going to go for a 1-each. Um, sorry, Graham. <laughs> uh, Kamara versus St <laughs> Johnston, uh, Ian. Graham could have defended himself if he was on, but he's not here, so... Exactly, shite um, bag, Graham. <laughs> Kelly, I've got Kelly to win 2-0. I think Kelly looked good. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Kamara will win 2. Uh, I think uh, the one, yeah, I think they'll go 2-1. Um, Chris? Uh, I'll go 2-1 Kelly here. They got Celtic to win 2-0. Uh, Coming back from behind 2-1 that, like, that ended up 2-2 two, two against County but I think they'll redeem themselves here and get the win. Uh, County versus uh, Dundee United, Ian. Oh, sorry, did you say something there, Ian? I said Dundee United 
Are you two sharing notes with your same predictions here? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, Ian County versus uh, Dundee United. Originally, I had it as a Ross County 2 1, but because uh, they have been playing good, they're like they are playing, but I think it'll be a 1 each. Chris? Uh, I'll go on a draw again here, but so Ian doesn't accuse me of copying, I'll say 2 2. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to go draw. I'm kidding on. Uh, no, I'm going to go for a two-one Ross County. Um, Hibs, uh, who have been flying since the start of the season, Ian. Um, and oh, we were in the pub obviously a couple of nights ago, and we seen uh, Hibs beat Dundee United one 0 Um, so that was a good result. So for Hibs, uh, Hibs versus Motherwell at Easter Road. It's a tricky one for me. They have been flying, but. I have got a sauce for the way we're playing recently. I think it could be a goal fest. I think it could be a 3-2. I'm going to go 2-0 uh, Hibs. 2-0 Hibs, mate. Chris? 3-1 uh, Hibs. And the last game of the weekend, Livy versus Rangers, Ian, at the Tony Macaroni Arena. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd have been a bit nervous. Um, no... Well, I mean, it's been 3-0 every game so far, so I'll say 3-0. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 2-0. Chris? 2-0. Um, so, aye, boys, that's us uh, done the predictions for the weekend's games. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we head off? No, I think so, no. You nailed it. Oh, cheers, mate. Uh, Chris? Uh, no, just, well... I don't know what the new sanctions would be, but I did read something about that from Friday that players can face new sanctions for COVID violations. And Ooh. yeah, I didn't actually didn't know that, but that would be. I'm. I'll be. I'm. I'm completely for that. Yeah, I really am. Um, because if you don't give players, uh, a correct a, a correct punishment, they're just going to continue to act like idiots and break the rules and just ruin it for everyone else who have been following the guidelines from the government. I just said president, you don't need to let, let players know where to stand, like what the consequences are. Yeah, so boys, pleasure as always. Fantastic episode. And uh, I'll get this uploaded and until next time guys, take care and we'll see you soon.